0: For the sake of my servant Jacob, and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know, from the rising of the sun and from the west, that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus. Amen. Through his prophet Isaiah, God names a future king of Persia as one who will be his instrument to rescue captive Israel and restore them to the promised land after their exile in Babylon. They're there in Babylon because of their unwillingness to know Yahweh. Yahweh knows them, Yahweh has put his name on them, called them as a people to be his own possession. God planted Israel like a vineyard in a good land. But the people refused to know God, and they went looking for other gods, gods of wood and stone, the gods of the other nations. And so Yahweh brought calamity upon his own people. In 722 B.C., He had the Assyrians conquer the northern nation of Israel and carry them off into captivity. And 150 years later, the Babylonians conquered the southern nation of Judah and carried them away to Babylon. Isaiah predicts all of this destruction in response to Israel's rampant idolatry. And then, incredibly, God names the king who will set Israel free from Babylon Cyrus will be God's instrument. It's interesting to note that it was customary in Babylon for the king to take the false god Marduk's hand on New Year's Day. Here in Isaiah, the true god takes Cyrus' hand. Yahweh alone directs history, and Babylon will be overthrown. The gates of the city of Babylon are strong and made of bronze and iron. They are symbolic and represent Israel's captivity. God's people could only dream of Jerusalem and the beautiful Jordan River, the surrounding hills. It seemed that gone forever was the singing of the psalms and the smells of the sacrifices. Passover and the other feasts and celebrations were just a distant memory. The gates of the city held them, exiled in Babylon. But Yahweh will break down the gates. In 539 BC, Cyrus of Persia surrounded the city of Babylon. His military reputation and might were such that the priests of the city declared that their god, Marduk, had chosen a new king of Babylon in Cyrus. As prophesied in Isaiah, the gates of the city were simply opened to allow Cyrus and his army in. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places, I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hoards in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. God opened the gates of Babylon, the gates that held his people captive. Nothing can stand in God's way of God's salvation. When sin and guilt imprison us, he promises, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. When gloom and doom threaten to overwhelm us, he says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. When it seems as though huge roadblocks get in the way of God's purpose and will for his people, he commands, Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low and the crooked ground will become level and the rough places a plain. When his people are surrounded by the enemy and backed up to the Red Sea with no way out except the road back to Egypt and slavery, Yahweh opens the waters of the Red Sea. And when his people seem to be nothing but dry bones on the valley floor, Yahweh brings life ...to those dead bones. Cyrus does not know Yahweh. Yahweh says, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. Cyrus doesn't know Yahweh, but Yahweh knows Cyrus. God is able to use Cyrus to accomplish his good purpose for his people. For the sake of my servant Jacob... And Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. All that God does, he does for the sake of the elect, for the sake of Jacob, for the sake of his chosen people. He uses Cyrus to free his people from captivity in Babylon, and this is not the only place we see God working, using events and people to accomplish his purposes. Our text in Isaiah is a comfort to us. As we live day to day in a world that seems to be more and more hostile to Christianity and to Biblical values, we get a glimpse today behind the curtain, we see that Israel's exile in Babylon is for a purpose. And that God can orchestrate even world events and leaders to accomplish His good and perfect will. That He works good in all circumstances for those who are called according to His purpose. As he promises, for the sake of Jacob, for the sake of Israel, of which we are a part by faith, the church of God, true Israel, by faith. God used Cyrus to open the gates and set the captives in Babylon free. He used Caiaphas, high priest and enemy of Jesus, to orchestrate the crucifixion of the Holy Son of God at the hands of sinful men used unbelieving Judas to perpetrate what seemed to be the greatest tragedy in the history of the world, but which resulted in the greatest good, the putting to death of our sin, opening, shattering the gates of hell that would have held us for eternity. Those who opposed Jesus plotted his overthrow. They came to him in our gospel lesson to try to entangle him in his talk, to try to trip him up, show him to be a fake, and not worth the people's time. After all, he was undermining their authority. Crowds of people were listening to his teaching. At this rate, the Pharisees and the entire leadership would lose their place among the people. They had to stop him. Tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Because, you know, it's a big deal that they're under Roman rule. It's a big deal that they have to pay taxes to a foreign king. It shouldn't be that way. They should be able to rule themselves. And what will Jesus say? What can he say? If it's okay to pay taxes to Caesar, then he'll lose the respect of the people. If it's not okay, then they can turn him into the authorities as a revolutionary. But Jesus' mission is not to quibble about who is ruling Israel. Yahweh is the true king. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. God is doing something much more grand and glorious than throwing off Rome's rule. Jesus has come to break down the bronze and iron gates that hold all of humanity captive to sin and the death that results from that sin. Jesus has come to bring the healing that God has promised for his people, promised first in the Garden of Eden and and then throughout the history of Israel, healing that will come with the ultimate sacrifice when the sins of the world are placed on the Son of God and he becomes the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sin of the world. For the sake of my servant Jacob, and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you Cyrus, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me there is no God. I equip you, Cyrus, though you do not know me that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The Lord, Yahweh, knows you. For your sake, God has destroyed the gates of hell by Jesus' death and resurrection. God knows you, and in the waters of baptism He has claimed you, put his name on you, called you by name and said, You are mine. Sometimes we look at the evil all around us and we're tempted to think there's no way that God is in control of this. It seems like evil is succeeding in snuffing out God's will and his work. And then we hear the words of Jesus calling out to his Father to forgive those who are nailing him to the cross. And we marvel that God the Father forsook Jesus, that it was for condemnation that Jesus Christ, the true King, was chosen as the sacrificial lamb so that the evil in us could be forgiven. As Satan, that great dragon, is thrashing around trying to take God's chosen people down, God is not thwarted, He makes us righteous, pure, and holy, and He calls us to Himself. He gives us faith to believe in our Savior. And as much as Satan would like to stop that, to keep it from happening, God moves ahead with His loving will and purpose to save lost sinners. And evil must bow, and even take a role in our being reconciled to God. Evil can't change that. Evil can't stop it. The gates of hell are no match for the sacrificial love of God and the shed blood that covers our sin. In Christ there is true freedom from real captivity. Romans 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. God equips Cyrus. He calls him by name and takes his hand, though Cyrus doesn't know God. It's all orchestrated so that many, many people may know God. That from the rising of the sun and from the west there is none besides him. He is Yahweh and there is no other. He forms light and creates darkness. He makes well-being and creates calamity. He is Yahweh who does all these things. And this same Yahweh has called you to faith. May his name be blessed forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.